finding your passion, your purpose, your why in business. This interview with Fiona Kalaki from My Daily Business Coach was recorded as part of the Grow With Purpose event. And here we have Fiona Kilaki, the founder of My My Daily Business Coach, a consultancy that helps business owners and their teams understand, create, analyze, and improve their marketing, branding, content, and overall business strategies. She's also the author of Passion, Purpose, Profit, published just late last year in 2020, and also a published journalist uh, since 2002, a book and magazine editor and a ghostwriter for books and audiobooks. Um, Fiona has almost two decades experience working with large and small brands in senior content and marketing roles, previously working with Mimco, Amazon, Open University and Audible, among many other brands that you've worked with over the years. So welcome, Fiona. Oh, thank you so much. That is such a lovely intro. Can I put you in my pocket all the time? <laughs> thank you. And really, thank you for putting this on because the more businesses that can learn about this stuff, the better overall for the whole planet and the world. Love it. Thank you. Um, So I'd love to talk about your book because that's really what drew me in to to get to know you was, was the title of your book, Passion, Purpose, Profit, because it really encourages entrepreneurs and business owners to center in on their why and to, I guess, use that um, to refocus their passion in their business. So why, why is that so important for businesses? Yeah, um, thank you. And thank you for, <coughs> excuse me, um, the feedback on my book. Oh, excuse me, I'll just have a cup of tea. Oh, sorry, it's not COVID everyone. <laughs> not that you can catch it, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so it's super important. I have worked with thousands of small business owners and I've worked at bigger companies as well. And I genuinely, I know it can sound a bit cheesy and a bit cliche, but I genuinely believe if you have a strong why, you can weather so many storms. If you are just about making money, and everyone needs to make money, that's why profit is also in in there. You can't just run on passion alone. But if you, you know, you get to those points where sometimes I work with business owners and, and they're making great money, but they just are resenting the business. They're not actually that interested in it. They're thinking, do I sell? I've been doing it for so long because they've lost the passion. They've lost the actual reason that they started in the first place. And similarly, majority of who I work with are purpose-led businesses and they're passionate, but they've also got to make a profit out of that. It can't, you know, either way, if, you're, if your values are misaligned, you, it, no matter how much money you're making, you're not going to enjoy it. And if you're not actually making money, you just become resentful and it becomes more of a hobby than a business. But yeah, finding your why, it just, it's not only good for, you know, keeping you motivated, but your team. It also means that if you have opportunities come in for collaborations or any sort of product development, you can look at your why and think, is this actually a good fit for us? And it really, it's almost like it's, it's your true north. It keeps you grounded to why you're in business and also allows you to create community and connection around your business because people buy into the similar values that they might have in their own life. And that causes like loyalty and brand loyalty and brand love. Perfect. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting that um, that's what people really want to buy is the idea that they're part of something bigger than themselves. Yeah. Hugely. And I mean, I'm 40, so I'm a bit, 
um, I'm not, I don't know if I'm on the cusp of millennials or not, but um, I'm like 1980. But the amount of younger, especially younger business owners that I have, there is just no way that they're buying a product if they haven't researched it, if they're not fully behind the brand. They are so, they are, they're just, it's so interactive now with brands. There's no longer just this big brand that can be complacent and it doesn't really matter what they stand for. Everyone is looking for a brand that they can get behind these days. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, that's that's exactly. I hope that you can perhaps help the people on the line today to understand, uh, to look into themselves and, and what that might be for themselves. Um, because I always encourage any businesses that I work with who are looking to be more sustainable not to try to do everything, to really focus on what is that one thing where you can really make a difference, but that you also can influence. So what do you recommend? And, and also, sorry, I guess, not only what you can influence, but what you're passionate about to really put your energy behind as well. Um, so how do you recommend to businesses how to find what that passion is to focus on? Yeah, I mean, there's so many ways to do this, but two ways that you can start out with that are free and pretty simple to do. Uh, um, take a personality test. I know some people will be like, oh God, you know, here we go. Here's the HR team coming in to do Myers-Briggs. But a personality test, even if you take it with a grain of salt, some of the results, it'll actually sometimes enlighten things that you're like, oh, I really am, that, that's quite, you know, spot on. There's a free tool, 16personalities.com. There's also one from Adobe, which is just called Creative Type. And both of those are just questionnaires online. You go through them, it takes about 10 minutes. Uh, and it will spit out things like your strengths, your weaknesses, what really inspires you, what motivates you, what doesn't. Um, I think that is really key, not just in, you know, having a charity or a donation or some sort of sustainability purpose, but just running your business in general. Um, I've gone into collaborations with people early on in my business and one in particular who's a very good friend of mine. We just, we spent six months doing a big event. We did really well. Um, but we both got to the end of it feeling frustrated and we actually took the test and she is very much motivated by money and that is fine. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. And so she was making decisions from that motivation and I was motivated by other things and I was thinking, oh, everything should be a group discussion. We should both decide on stuff. And so I think it's super important to get your personality tested, if nothing else, to just see where do I sit? Um, if you've got a team, I think it's really good to get them to do the 16 personalities. Just some people like to be micromanaged. Like some people do like that. It's not always a negative term. Other people really want to be autonomous. So I think finding your passion, start with, you know, personality test um, and just see what you, what you resonate with. The other thing is to look at your values and your beliefs. So like my biggest value is freedom, absolutely freedom. And that is why I got out of corporate um, I love what I do. I like being free. I love where I live. I don't want to go into the city every day. But that freedom also means that, you know, with Black Lives Matter, with racism, with other stuff, if I'm going to say that that's part of my brand, I need to align to that externally and internally as well. So if you're finding it hard to come up with this, look at 16 personalities, do a free values checklist. I have one on my website. I've sent Sarah the link, um, but there's so many as well, you know. Uh, and also have a look if you if you've never heard of the concept of why and start with why and the passion stuff. Um, Simon Sinek wrote a book called Start with Why. He also has a free TED talk, which is where he you know catapulted from. Um, that was in two thousand and nine. So it's just called I think it's called Start with Why. Um, but it talks all about purpose driven brands and and why that is so important to success as a business. Yeah. 
Um, I absolutely am obsessed. <clears throat> Sorry with the um, the Myers Briggs personality test, especially <laughs> because I love, um, as you were saying, that it helps you to recognize where your expectations might be different from someone else. You know, yeah. it helps me to understand. Oh, this is what I think is most important, but maybe someone else doesn't. So that's not anything wrong with them or me it's just understanding that and dealing with that in the relationship so yeah it's a very useful tool very broadly um i also love um when you were just talking about freedom around values and beliefs because i i, I was very interested in looking at your um in your book and also in your website but our there's a lot of similarity in our why actually um, and, and wanting to move from working with corporates to helping small businesses because they are, to me, the, the drivers, um, not only of the economy, but also of solutions. You know, they're, they're people who are out there every day making decisions, solving problems, not just floating along in their corporate jobs. <laughs> no, and not ticking a box. And also with small businesses, which is why I love working with them, you know, every dollar counts. If they're putting money towards something, they're all in. It's not just, oh, well, you know, that team decided to put 35000 towards that. We don't really care about it. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, and to your question, I think you'd said you, you tell people not to start, you know, don't go crazy and thinking you have to do everything at once. Um, one of my clients, Collective Closets, they're a fashion brand out of Melbourne, um, run by two sisters, Fatuma and Lorinda Dinzako. When they started, predominantly most of their fabric is from Kenya. Um, Lorinda's husband is from Kenya. And so they had this whole thing that we're going to, you know, we're going to sponsor a school, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Um, and then actually they talked, I had a podcast interview with them and they talked about how they just toned it down and said, what can we actually afford and what we know is going to be sustainable long term so regardless of fluctuations for the business we know we can support this other area um, and so they actually just stuck with one girl and have got her the whole way through school and they're, they're like that that one person she then you know is going to change things in the community and then once she's through school we will go back and look after somebody else the whole way through buying everything for them um, because that was sustainable. They, when they first came up with, we're going to have a school in Kenya, we're going to donate everything, they went and they flew over there with so many supplies, but they were like, the problem is just so big that it almost felt like we actually are not making, you know, we're just a, a grain of sand in the whole problem. And then they took it back to like, well, what can we do? We can start with one person. Yeah, awesome. It's really important as well. Yeah, it is. I, I think that that is something that in the social space, a lot of people also do recommend is, is going into the community and actually understanding the complexity and not thinking that, oh, I'm just going to, you know, throw money at this and it'll fix. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Um, just briefly, um, Tara has mentioned in the comments that another personality test that she recommends is the Gallup Strengths Assessment. So uh, yes. That also helps you focus on um, what is most important um, to focus on in your business, I think, as well. Yeah. Um, but what you were just saying about focusing on on how you know that company focused on just the one thing, I think that 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 also links into my next question because there's so many things in your book that I loved, but I really um, loved you talking about the word yet. <laughs> Just a very simple word, but I think that that concept applies just as well to sustainability as it does to finance and marketing and everything else that a small business has to deal with. So can you um, elaborate on what that was all about with YET? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, so I have two children, both young, 
and one of them um, had just started school and we were talking about every day I sort of be like what did you learn and sometimes it was just like nothing nothing mum it's all about cricket and basketball but other times he would talk about what he learned and one day he was like you know what we spent the whole day on one word and I said well that's a bit crazy to spend the whole day on like you're in prep what's the word and then he said yet we learned mum that instead of saying I'm not good at maths you can say I'm not good at maths yet and I was like, whoa, that is so profound because so I can't, like I would literally say 95% of people I work with on the first business coaching call will tell me I'm crap at this, I'm bad at this, I suck at marketing, this doesn't work, I must be a bad boss, I never hire the right people and it's just all the things they're bad at. And if you say I'm bad at marketing, that's a, that's a concrete statement and you're saying it as a fact. If you say I'm not good at marketing yet, there's opportunity there to upskill, to learn, to get better. And I think that's the same with sustainability or anything that you're getting behind, any kind of social cause. If you look at like Black Lives Matter or Indigenous affairs in Australia and equality, that is something that, you know, we're not going to change it overnight. Like it's been hundreds of years, there's massive problems, but it might start with, okay, I'm going to actually get aware of the problem and go in and, and pay for cultural insights training with Indigenous elders or leaders. I'm then going to have a look at small things I can do in my business, such as, you know, putting in your signature where you work, which type of work, which part of country you work on and just making small changes. It's not like I'm going to go out and I'm going to run diversity workshops for everyone and I'm going to do this and do that. You know, there are experts already there. You just need to think, okay, what can I do right now? I'm not going to change this. You know, I'm not going to change climate change overnight, but maybe every time I run a workshop, instead of getting people coffees, I will ask them to bring, you know, their keep cup or their other cup. Or every time somebody buys this particular program, we will um, donate to, you know, planting trees. At the moment, I've started using Ecosha, which is instead of Google, it's a, a, a search engine. And what they do is each time people search, they are planting trees. So every time you put a search in, it'll tell you how many trees they've planted. So it's just small things. What can you start now? And, and you might say, well, I'm not, you know, I have no idea about racism in Australia yet, yet. So what am I going to do to learn more about that and educate myself? Yeah, it's, it's brilliant because it stops you from putting up that wall. Yeah. It opens you up to... So what am I going to do to change the situation? And, and I, we were talking a bit about curiosity yesterday as well. So it gives you that opportunity to look into things and no one was great at it when they first started. No. Uh, so being excited to actually build those skills. Yeah, it just, it's a question. It's like, if I'm not good at it yet, then immediately as well, how do I get there? And then exactly curiosity is incredible instead of chaos and, and it's just curiosity. It's going to lead you into the path of finding improvements. Yeah, so good. Awesome. Um, now, you also obviously have such a background in marketing and you've been doing a lot of that work with your clients. Um, so what guidance do you have for small businesses who want to communicate what they're doing around their purpose and their sustainability efforts? Yeah, again, I think start small. You know, sometimes we see people, in, especially at the moment, there's a lot of cancel culture out there um, and it is it, it can be a hard time to think, well, I don't want to say anything because, you know, if I don't know everything, I shouldn't say anything. Just start small. You know, like I said before, if part of your thing is equality or race against racism, you know, talk, going and doing your own work behind the scenes and then maybe telling people what you're doing behind the scenes, but not in a big showy way. Um, I think also just in terms of marketing it, 
you know, making sure that this stuff is on your About Us page, making sure, you know, sometimes that you're, you're talking about your values when you're working with people, um, looking for values-led interviews when you're interviewing people, you know, asking people to come on, whether they're freelance or a contractor or full-time, you know, what are your values? What do you want to change in the world? What do you think we could be doing better as a company? Um, I think there's some fantastic companies that do this really well and not in a crazy in-your-face way. Um, uh, what am I? Everlane. Everlane is a fantastic one in the US. So Everlane makes clothing and on their clothing, they actually have um, like a little drawing down the bottom of their pages that tells you this is how much it costs at the factory. This is how much it costs for car, you know, to, to get it to the US. This is how much markup we've done. This is what you'd usually pay in store. And so you can actually see the supply chain the whole way along. And just that small drawing, I mean, that's not huge. It's not like a really expensive video. It's just a drawing that when you're buying your cashmere sweater, you can see exactly how much they paid, where their workers are in the world. Um, a lot of people will do that and put, you know, on their website, this is where our factories are. This, this is who they are. I think just being transparent, but also taking people along on the journey, like saying, I don't know what I don't know, but we're going to get better and we're going to start. And I know I've seen a lot of companies um, in 2019 sort of put up their hand and say, you know, by 2022, we want to be carbon neutral. And this is, we're starting. We, we don't know what we're doing, but we're starting and we're starting with this and we're starting with that. And they've called out, you know, do any of our audience, does anyone, anyone following us know about this? Please come and talk to us. So I think just being transparent, that's what people want in all of your marketing, not just around your corporate social responsibility, but in other parts of it. If you, and if you stuff up, apologize. You know, I have, I've sent out emails. Um, racism is a big thing for what I'm passionate about. My husband experienced racism. My in-laws are Indian. Um, and so that's really important to me. That's, that is really important. But I have had, you know, people call out things and I'm like, yep, yeah, I haven't done it perfectly. I'm not, you know, I need to get better. So I think with your marketing, be transparent. That would, that would be my biggest thing. A lot of the time people do stuff behind the scenes or they want a claim when they put out a post to be like, oh, look at us. And so I think just be transparent, take people on the journey um, and start small. Yeah. And I think I really like your point about um, put it on your About Us page. It doesn't have to be a corporate social responsibility page where everything goes into, but if you can weave it through the rest of your website, then that feels a lot more authentic. Yes, totally. And I mean, one of, oh, sorry, go. No, please. Uh, one of my values is kindness that and education. And my parents drummed that into me um, very to all of my siblings as well. Very much like be kind. You don't know what anyone else is going through. And also education is key. Everyone, if everyone could access education, the world would be in such a better place. So that is, you know, part of my marketing is to, you know, send out an email every Sunday to do a lot of free information on my podcast. That's all free education. Even the book, you know, it's $29.95 or you can get it cheaper at other places, but like, that is it goes into the education piece and that's part of my about us as well you know this is where it comes from and it, it's i guess it's a process not only of educating yourself but also educating your customers too yeah really and 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 also doing going back to that personality stuff finding a point at which you feel comfortable to share this if you've just started you know i'm it's all right for me saying be transparent bring people along on a journey if you don't feel comfortable at all, go and do the work until you do feel comfortable. I do have a friend who, who runs a, a quite a large company um, and she, on Australia Day this year, 
she felt like she had to say something, but she didn't know what to say. And she was so stressed about it. And, and it was like, well, do, you know, not do what feels comfortable because that's a bit of a, especially white privilege thing to say, but do the work until you get to a point where you feel that you can market this, but do the work yourself. Even if that's with your team internally, do the work until you feel like I can go out and market this. Don't go and just market it because you've decided to do this this month. But if you do market it and you are comfortable, then take people on the journey and be transparent. So I know they're kind of contradicting things, but for each, for different camps, I guess. Well, I think it's also another argument for when that, when you have that statement of yet to go and when you realize that there's an area that you want to improve in, to go ahead and do that, not waiting until Australia Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. And, she, and, and that's the thing, like so many people posted the Black Lives Matter post um, in May last year, and yet there was nothing else done. Or, you know, it, it, it needs to be a consistent thing. Yeah, and I think that, that that is a risk, I guess, with a lot of sustainability stuff that it, a small business owner might be like, oh, it's overwhelming, it's too much, I, I can't even touch it, can't deal with it right now. But that runs the risk of you being left behind when, you know, these things become topical, when something is in the news and people start asking you questions about, so what is in your product? And, you know, are, are those microplastics in your face exfoliator or things like that? So you're actually behind if you put off exploring that yet. Totally. And it all comes back to emotional connection. If somebody has an emotional connection with your brand, there's an idea that the purchase equation is emotional driver plus rational driver equals purchase. So if I feel like there's some status involved in, say, buying a Mercedes-Benz and then end of financial year sale, so that's the, the status is the emotional driver, end of financial year sale is the rational driver, and if both of those things are together, there's going to be a purchase. Sustainability, getting behind social causes is causing emotional connection to a brand and that is what people are looking for and that trust element um, and that's great you know it's great for business but also um, there was this study a while I think 2018 done by Motista a retail study and they looked at 100,000 customers over two years and people who had an emotional connection spent 306% more than people who didn't so it goes to your point if this is in the news and people are like well that's that's a worry. I should worry what I'm putting on my face. And then they start investigating it. They're going to have a negative emotional connection, which if they, the emotional connection is thought to be 90% of why we buy into a brand. So you want to make sure that that emotional connection is positive as much as possible. Yeah, fair. I think it's, it's also interesting. I, I had a conversation um, with, <laughs> it was in another Facebook group and it became quite a long conversation because I was asking, you know, who's, who's making these changes in, in their businesses and our customers asking you questions. Um, Cause I always thought that that was a good driver of um, change. Interestingly, most of the businesses that were responding were saying, actually, no, our customers don't ask us these questions. Um, and other people were joining in saying, you know what, I'm, I'm a customer of all these businesses. I don't ask questions. I just go somewhere else if they're not talking about it. If it's not on their website, if it's not on the product packaging, if it's not in the store, I just assume they're not doing it. So I'm going to go to the other company that is talking about it. They're going to attract my business. Wow, that's such a that's such an uh, you know eye opener for businesses to be like, yes, talk about it in a way that you can and you feel confident with. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Don't be missing out on those businesses. <laughs> <laughs> yes, on those sales. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, so please, uh, anyone who has questions for Fiona, be entering them into the chat box. Um, Tanya just wanted to add in the comment that, uh, that she supports Ecosia, the, the web um, search as well, that she, she uses it not only because it makes her feel good, but because Project Drawdown, the 2040 film suggested we all need to plant at least 154 trees in our lifetime. So Ecosia is a good way to start, I think. Yes. <laughs> Yes, and it's um it's something that people uh like I I just started using it maybe two months ago and I put it into my Facebook group and all these people I was like oh okay I'm so behind so many people are using it but yeah I think the more we can talk about these alternatives the better for everyone yeah it's perfect now does it does it use Google or no, I actually like when I put it in one one of the people in there said oh actually you shouldn't use them they're still selling information about searches um you should use DuckDuckGo. uh but then there was a whole backlash on no no use this it's it's not doing as much as google it must use google because the search functionality which is why i put it in there like like it's one thing to be good but actually doesn't work as well um and everyone said no it's it. so i i'm not sure i have to i should look into it before i start talking about it but yeah, um, the, the, well, from what I've seen, it's it's pretty good, except that I use Google Drive for everything. So so I had Chrome, Google, and I had everything set up and it's a bit harder, but but it's worth it if it's if it's helping the planet. Yes, absolutely. Tara says that it is connected with Google, that it's nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it, they, need, they need the algorithm to actually give good search results. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're Google. using your information in the same way, I believe. Okay. So. One yeah. <laughs> not an expert either so yeah so um i guess i'll i'll go on to the number one your number one piece of advice for any small business looking to find their purpose and give back in 2021 i think really do some soul searching and look at your values look at the values that you want to live your life by the type of brand you want to be and i know that is really it seems so simple and people are like oh you know but i think it will guide you on so many different levels you know who you collaborate with who you hire um you know i've had clients who came to me crying because you know oh we're trying to hit this much in revenue um and actually when we looked at their values they were like it, it wasn't a key driver. And actually over the course of the year, they shut down part of something that they were selling. They shut two of their categories. They, um, you know, like they totally transformed their business to be like, oh, we're actually chasing this dream that isn't even ours. And so they were, they were like, actually, we could live totally within what we're already earning from the business if we just tweaked a few things. And actually it goes back to our value of family to spend more time with our kids. Why are we going crazy? Because some someone at some point told them you know the business needs to be earning 10 million and so i think go back to your values at all times like i literally have my values on a post-it note on my um, monitor here and that's what i go back to if i get you know if i get asked to do consulting for a particular company i will come back and be like well is this going to take me away from family is it going to impact my freedom um is this company doing education are they a kind company and it, it keeps going back to that so i just think take the time to really think about your values and your beliefs because all the money in the world is, is not going to do anything at the end of your life if you feel like you haven't lived true to your values. Um, and I think also, like, I, I had the misfortune, I guess it's not misfortune, it's natural, but both of my parents died in the last three years, both very unexpectedly. 
my mother within half an hour of feeling unwell. So I've had to go through a lot of that journey and really think at the end of your life, like the most important thing when people turn up to your funeral and the legacy that you leave is what you, how you lived and the values that guided you and guided your business. Yep, you can make all the money in the world and that's great, um, but also make sure that you're a values purpose-led business. Otherwise, why are you in business? Mm. Yeah, it's so interesting. It's so, like, it's such a good reminder that every day we wake up with a to-do list, but then if every day is just a to-do list, what does that add up to? Yeah, yeah. It's like that poem. I can't remember her name, but she said that um, Annie, someone, you know, how you live your, how you spend your day is, of course, how you spend your life. And it's like, yeah, so you just, and, and it might be that, and also I should say that good values and making money are not mutually exclusive. You know, Warby Parker is a fantastic brand to look at. Um, for started by four college guys. And before they were in for 10 years, they'd got to, I think it's um, valued at 1.3 billion. It's an eyewear company that gives back, does eye examinations, helps in poorer areas where reading levels are lower. Uh, and they've made a lot of money and they've done a really good business. So they're not mutually exclusive, but just make sure that you're, you're really staying true to your values. If that was my one point, stay true to your values and know what you're actually value, what the values are. Yeah. And we've, we heard so much yesterday about how much it's obviously, it's the opposite of mutually exclusive that when you have those two things in alignment, your, your business is more profitable because it attracts a fan, it, sorry, it attracts a loyal, like, posse, <laughs> a huge, crowd of, yeah. of fans and ambassadors for your brand and um so we had thank you on yesterday they were talking uh pete was talking about how um i forget the the acronym he had but there's something in the sort of um sales records space where it's the number of uh customers who only buy your product mm. within mm -hmm. <laughs> so they they attract customers that only want to buy thank you products um, not any of the mainstream brands, not any other brands. So um, that is what every business would love to have, right? <laughs> oh, totally. And thank you is such a good example of sticking to their values and then pivoting. You know, they did food and food didn't work. Or, you know, gosh, I hope they're not watching this. Food wasn't there, you know, most of that. <laughs> but, you know, like they went into water and water was great. And then they, you know, went into different categories. Some worked, some didn't. But literally, thank you could bring out I don't know, tea towels, they could bring out anything, clocks, and people would get behind it because there's so much love for that business and what they stand for. It's that idea of connection and community. And with COVID, we saw, you know, so many businesses have gone under. Some had a great community and it just, you know, lockdowns and other things, which is just horrendous. But so many have been saved by the community, especially I know bookshops, you know, I had my book launch and obviously I couldn't do anything. I was in Melbourne, but so many independent bookstores that I talked to, I did a lot of lives with them and in England and here and in New Zealand. And they were saying, thank God for our community because the mm -hmm. community kept us afloat. The community, instead of buying from, you know, Amazon or other places, came and bought and supported their local stores. So I feel like that sense of community is so important financially as well as, you know, ethically and morally. Yeah. And I, I do think that 2020, 2020 was a, a game changer year, I think, in shifting that consciousness that a lot of consumers really started embedding that in every purchase. It was no longer just like, I need a thing. It was, 
if I need this thing, who's the best person to buy it from? How can I get more return from the money that I have to spend anyway? Yes. Yeah. And how can I, especially with small business, like, you know, how can I support another small business owner? Yeah, exactly. And and the businesses around me and I don't want them to go under, you know, <laughs> totally, totally, totally. Um, if, does anyone have any other questions for Fiona? Um, we could probably talk about um, marketing all day. Yes. Um, <laughs> especially, I, I think, um, thank you. I find them so fascinating because they are radically transparent. Mm-hmm. You probably don't see as much of that in, in the marketing space where they, if you've read their annual letters, they talk about what they did wrong. Yes. <laughs> which is the opposite of most approaches, which is here's all the ways in which we're fabulous. Yes. Always start with, this is what we learned last year. Um, What do you think of that approach? Oh, I definitely think it's like the more open and transparent you can be. Then when something does go wrong, people are like, oh, okay, I've got your back. You know, I still, I still love you. Um, I think that's just in any relationship. Marketing is relationship building. Like a lot of times people confuse marketing with sales. Marketing goes from the spectrum of brand through to sales. Um, And sometimes people will spend all their money in marketing in brand, brand awareness, building the brand. Other times, some companies will just be all about the sales. And sometimes it's a mix. But in terms of, you know, any kind of relationship, you're ultimately trying to build trust. And you can build that by being transparent. Um, You know, we've seen it with the banks. And I always, and I feel, you know, I hope there's no one on here from like certain banks. But when I talk to, I do a lot of um, charity work and paid work with domestic violence charities. So it's domestic violence and racism are a big thing for me. It goes back to freedom. If women can be free in this country and actually treated as equal, things will change. But until domestic violence levels go down, it can't. Um, But, you know, you look at banks and they'll come out and say, oh, we're all about women. We're all about empowering women. And it's like, okay, let's look at your domestic violence leave policy. Let's look at other things that you're doing. People are going to question brands. So the more transparent you can be, the better. And thank you does a great job of that. Yeah, awesome. Um, Now, David does have a question for us. Uh, When starting to support change organizations, what do you suggest is the best way to get your message to consumers quickly via a marketing platform? So I guess you don't want to bombard them with look at all these great things that we're doing. How do you kind of take them, I guess, on that journey? Yeah, I mean, small things could just be if you're using a platform like Instagram or any other kind of social media, making sure that there's a link to whatever it is that you're doing so that when you talk about it in posts, you can quickly say, you know, you see a full, a full plan over here. Um, I think, you know, when, uh, when thank you actually started and I use them a bit when I talk in my marketing for small business course, um, they just did a very basic video from their founder in front of 7-Eleven talking about, please rally behind us and get us into 7-Eleven and we're going to make change happen. We're going to help all these communities Uh, I think if you're trying to get the message out quickly, you know, it could just be that you start a founder's letter, like a a founder's email that goes out to your database saying, this is everything that we're doing. Um, It could be doing a series of videos that you repurpose again and again on social media. It could be that if you're, say, one of your, one of the things that you're getting behind is depression or anxiety, or then you might look at October, which is mental health month and be like, okay, for October, we're going to go big. And then the rest of the year, we're just going to be adding this as we go. Um, talking about it in, you know, small things here and there. But you're you're infiltrating it into all of the parts of marketing and you might go big at one time of the year Um, or just start small, start where you are with like, if you you look back on the thank you videos that they started, they were pretty basic, but Mm -hmm. they started and they got the word out there. 
Um, it also depends on who you're actually trying to get the message to. It might be that you're a B2B company and so you're actually trying to get it into, you know, maybe your pitch deck or into other things. You're starting with that. Again, you just need to make sure that the rest of your ducks are in a row. When I was at Mimco, we spent a long time, about a year on the contract with Our Watch, which is a domestic violence charity. Um, and Mimco is part of Country Road, which is part of Woolworths, which owns David Jones. So it is predominantly, it's about 83% women. Um, you know, domestic violence predominantly affects women. And so we had to look at, okay, what's our domestic violence leave? Not just in Mimco, but across the whole com company. We also had to think about how we're gonna train like women, predominantly, it was 98% women, in our stores so that if somebody hears that we're doing domestic violence and they come in and they are actually suffering from domestic violence, how do we train our girls in store? Some of them are like 18 to deal with this. Um, and so we had to look at the whole thing before we went out publicly and said, hey, this is, you know, Mimco is partnering with our watch and we're going to do a lot for domestic violence. And that, that, that partnership is still going. But I think you need to make sure if you're going to, as David says, go out quickly and tell people, make sure the rest of what you do is in line with what you're about to say that you're standing behind. Of course. And also doing very good research about that partner to make sure that they are really aligned with, with your own values as well. Yeah, definitely. Even like when I looked up White Ribbon the other day, um, because when I give people calendars, I put in different things. Like the other thing is, that's a, another thing I didn't mention. You can literally look up mental health key dates 2021 and then put them into your marketing plan and make sure that you're talking about them. So it's not like, oh gosh, that was that big thing and we forgot to talk about it. Um, but in line with that, when I looked up White Ribbon, I realised they'd folded and I was like, oh gosh, I still talk about White Ribbon to people. So um, yeah, definitely do the research. Yeah. Or, you know, there are some charities that might be doing great things, but also aligned with a religion and yeah. yep. have limitations on what they are, um, on their policies and their positions because of that. So um, that's certainly another one to look at. Um, yeah. Just another tip from me, perhaps, um, to, to David or to anyone else who's um, talking about this kind of stuff in their social media. I worked with a business who they had a fantastic um, initiative that they were contributing a large percentage of their profits to a charity, but I barely knew that by looking at their website. Um, like, you know, there was a picture of the charity, um, like relating to the charity that you could click on to go to a particular page about it, but it wasn't anywhere else it wasn't on the product pages um i barely saw it in their social media so i think if you are you know if, if 10 percent or 20 percent or whatever of your profit is going to a charity like this you should be putting 10 or 20 percent of your social media <laughs> toward it as well be featuring stories featuring behind the scenes things that you know about what they're doing in the background um you know an individual success that that charity has had um, with their with their audience, with the people that they're helping, sharing that story and saying, you know, this is what we're helping to achieve. Mm, totally, such good advice. Amazing. Okay, any last questions that you guys want to throw in there? That's you're very welcome, David. All right. Well, um, obviously, we would love to continue this conversation. You're going to give us a couple of resources um, that I'll post in the Facebook group. I'm going to um, add, uh, share that link to the Facebook group if anybody is on the call right now that isn't part of it yet. So you can get in there to get the resources. Um, I think Renee is going to ask a question. 
Um, and then you can also, um, if, if you just, uh, you, can, you can fill in the blank now while we're waiting for Renee, where else should people um, get in touch with you, follow your business, buy the book? Yeah, so buy the book if you want to or get it from your library. It's in libraries as well. It's called Passion, Purpose, Profit. It's got a big yellow cover. Um, it is by Hardy Grant. It's it's on all the usual big, you know, places that you would buy. But if you can, go and support small businesses. Um, on my Instagram, which is just at my daily business coach, I have a guides section. Instagram now does guides. And oh. you can click there and you can see all the small businesses that stock this book. Um, and you can just buy directly from them. Uh yeah, Instagram, come and say hi at my daily business coach. I have a podcast that comes out twice a week and you can find everything else at mydailybusinesscoach.com. Perfect. And I did notice that you have a values checklist on your website, so that might be useful for people looking to find theirs. Yeah, I have a bunch of free stuff. So literally, if you go to mydailybusinesscoach.com and then at the top, free stuff, there is so much stuff to download. There's also an emotional and rational drivers um, PDF. So if you're thinking, oh, okay, that was... That was a point I hadn't thought about. How am I marketing in an emotional way? You can go down and you can download that and start thinking about your own marketing and getting people to, you know, really buy into it. Awesome. Um, now, Renee has asked, uh, any advice on someone waiting to start, wanting to start a business, but not exactly sure what product yet? Mm, I would definitely look at your values. Uh, look at, you know, if, if your value is, I don't know, around sustainability, then that's going to impact, not impact necessarily, but you're going to have to look at exactly who's going to produce this product. Um, also look at what are you interested in? Like there's no point putting together a food product if you have no interest in that or a parenting product if you're not a parent and you haven't gone through the hard yards that, you know, parents do go through. Um, so I think really think about what you're actually interested in because there's so much you can do, but, you know, have a look at Pinterest, have a look at what's trending on Pinterest. A lot of... Um, a lot of e-commerce stores will start from that and they'll do, you know, water bottles with fruit in them and stuff. But you have to look at what you're actually interested in because otherwise you're just, you're adding to the problem of more crap that's out there that, that people don't necessarily need. Um, also, there's a really good uh, Japanese framework called Ikigai, Ikigai, and um, you can totally have a look at that online. There's lots of frameworks. It looks at what are you interested in? What does the world need? Um, what are your skills? And then in the middle is really where you think about, okay. And so you list out your skills, your interests, your experience, um, your values, and then think about where do these cross over? And that might give you an idea for your product. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another tip that I have found really, really useful um, for, from personal experience starting a new business, um, figure out who you want to help first before you figure out what the the product or the solution is going to be because you need to make sure that you have someone who's going to buy it. <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. Um, and Renee, I, th I think she said the icky guy, how do you spell? It's I-K-I. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Perfect. Okay, well, thank you very much for all of your time, Fiona, and for those fantastic insights. I think that everyone's walking away with some new things to apply in their business. Um, oh, thank you. I'll post all of those links into the Facebook group so everyone can um, keep in touch with you. Thank you so much. And thanks for everything you're doing. Good luck with the rest of the summit. Thanks very much. See Bye. ya.